So I'm really excited to have both of you on because I love the dynamic of, first of all, I love people who are, I mean, I love everybody who will do this podcast who will like truly watch a two and a half hour movie for me so I can talk about it. God, this movie. Yeah. My favorite is when people are either, this is the only MCU movie that they've ever seen, like when they join me and they Mm -hmm. have no idea, nothing, all all sorts of things are lost on them and they don't care, um, or people who are just as passionate. So I'm glad to have both of you on the call. You Uh, do have both represented. (laughs) Well, let's start at the top. So, okay. So Chris... You are not an MCU fan. You've maybe seen a couple. So I wouldn't say that I'm not an MCU fan because that implies that I have an active dislike towards it. That's not true. I simply haven't seen them. Like it's just not a destination that I've been to. And from (laughs) minute one of this film, I was... I felt bullied by this movie. I (laughs) felt like the entire time I was watching this movie, it felt like when someone is trying to teach you cards and you don't even want to play cards, but people are like, no, you have to, no, this is like, no, you got an A, so put that face up, go, no, go, okay, we'll deal another hand. And it's like, I didn't want to play this game. (laughs) Ryan, how about you? It was like that, but starting at like round three of that game, this movie starts nowhere yeah. there is no entrance to this movie if you have if this is your first mcu film yeah you are going to be bullied which and i wonder if ryan if you feel this way for somebody who loves marvel and who's watched them and read the comics i was so happy that they didn't do yet another peter parker origin story that is one thing that it truly has going for it is that I don't need to know that he's guilted into being a superhero. Yes. I I will say that I, I <laughs> did enjoy so, not to have a, an Uncle Ben dying again. That yeah. motivation for him in general over the past like 60 years or whatever is so embarrassing that no, he would just shoplift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't help anybody if he if someone wasn't murdered. Yeah. Also so crazy. Of all the origin stories, that that one's I feel like is played out the most, and it is the easiest to sum up. Oh, he's bit by a spider. Yeah. He's like yeah. bit by a funky spider. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else who That's has really like, all it is. That's true. all it is. Like Captain Marvel is like from Earth, but then oh, the cosmos is involved. Yeah, yeah. did I all see sorts Captain Marvel? I think you that did. Captain Marvel is one that I've seen. I think I've seen okay. Captain Marvel and I've seen Captain America. And yeah. you saw Guardians of the Galaxy. All is that the- an MCU? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I didn't. But that I'm, that's very not related. It, it doesn't is, feel of the ilk. Okay. This is, I have two quick classic Chris stories about okay. the, <laughs> these worlds. And then we can get right back in. I have something else okay. to say about the plot of this before we get started. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. One is that when we saw the first Wonder Woman movie. Which is not MCU? No, no. it's not. It's oh. DC. We were about oh. 10 minutes into it, and Chris said, just in full voice, barely a stage whisper, this movie is about war? I don't <laughs> like war movies, and I do not like it. I don't like watching a film set in the past, especially World War One, and I can't explain it, but there is something about World War One that is unbearably bleak for me. Yeah. So I saw Captain America. Captain America was hard. Set in, It's a war movie. It's about just being a soldier. I yeah. don't care. That's boring to me. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan has been done. Yeah. Then when we saw Wonder Woman and everyone was like, this is going to be amazing. Everybody loves it. Patty Jenkins is a great director. Mm-hmm. It's about like, it's like women and like, it's like, 
it's just like very cool. And I was like, okay, I'm in. And then we got there and we're just in the thirties the whole time. She's in the thirties. Yeah. I don't like um, that at all. Well, and Chris- also <laughs> to have a, to have another character in that movie yeah. named Steve Trevor, who I thought the whole time I was like, okay, so we're getting, this is this, this is the Captain America name. We're going to have a crossover here. And then his name is just Steve Trevor, two first names smushed yeah, together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That can't happen. We need so, to change that name. Okay, Chris. So what movies do you like? Because okay. in this, in the last five minutes, you said, I don't like any like superhero movies, but also no. nothing set in the past. Nope. So I was like, oh, okay. Sure. I mean, first of all, I don't, I, I don't like, I don't, I don't think that any movie should be longer than 88 minutes, except for the movie Titanic. So that rules out most, most things right off the bat. In this <laughs> This movie included, which was two hours and nineteen minutes long. Two to hours me, and nineteen minutes. It felt of my like life. fifteen minutes. I was I was loving it. <laughs> I I maybe it was just that I was so aggressively turned away at the gate. <laughs> yeah. I was given such a huge barrier of entry into this yeah. movie by opening it on the end of a scene from another unrelated movie. <laughs> it was like yeah. watching, it's like I started watching season three of Succession <laughs> and they were referencing something that ended in the, in like season two of Burn Notice on TBS. It was completely unrelated. Yeah. Here, give me yeah. what I need to know. Or Honestly, don't. now that you mention it, I guess, cause I've never seen it from the perspective of like not having seen them all in order. It does, truly, it is like the continuum. It's like a part two of a movie that, well, I don't even know if it's a part two because it has nothing to do, but like you kind of do have to know that he knows Iron Man and that they come with this history. Ryan, what were you going to say about the plot before we dive in? Well, I was a little embarrassed watching this with Chris because (laughs) I was like, this one is so easy and fun. I was lying. Spider-Man at school. It's part one of a trilogy. These are all And then it has two prologues. One requires you to see Avengers, which came out in 2012. Never. We'll never do not. <laughs> and then the second one. Until you make me for this podcast, I will never see Avengers. <laughs> and then the second prologue makes you, you have to have seen Captain America Civil War. Yeah. Which came out in 2016. Two things I definitely don't want to see. And it's like all this homework. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. We stopped this. This movie is oh, two hours I, and 19 minutes. It took us four hours. I was going to say, I paused. It took us a day I paused a after both that. of those prologues and asked you. I peppered you with questions like nobody's business i had spent the week talking to him like i took him to a bad improv show where i was like i'm sorry that i made you watch i know okay first of all i want everyone to know know, that we do not talk about your improv sets after we see them that's very important to have on the record number two i i wasn't talking to you i wasn't maintaining that it is your fault that i didn't understand this movie you were just a, a a source of knowledge about many of the questions that this movie intentionally leaves unanswered for viewers like me who would like to, I would, I would like to participate fully in this world with you, but I am not given the tools to do so. Yeah. And you know, that thing where where you you show somebody a movie and then you're watching them to see if they're like, I was watching two movies. I was watching (laughs) Spider-Man Homecoming, and then I was watching Chris watch Spider-Man Homecoming. And the irony of that is I was only barely watching this. He was was, honest. I immediately had to get out my phone to like follow along. I read the plot of this movie while watching the movie in order to understand the plot of the movie I was watching. It It was a multi-screen experience. When you think something is funny, 
and you show it to somebody yeah, no. and yeah. immediately you know I'm on yeah, the wrong you know right journey away. and I'm on yeah. the wrong journey yep. for an extent. And then you're trying to like find ways out of it. You're like, that's kind of all I wanted you to say. Or like, you're like, no, 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 it gets, it gets good. It gets just, it was something you have to know about this. Something you have to know about where we are right now. Um, but it's a lot. So let me dive right into the plot. I'm going to start reading yeah. the plot from Wikipedia. Uh, and we okay. will, of course, pause and talk about everything we've seen. Uh, following the Battle of New York in 2012. Sorry, Chris, you did not know. Uh, Adrian no. Toomes. By the way, Adrian is not the name I'd give this dude. And his salvage company are contacted are contracted to clean up the city, but their operation is taken over by the Department of Damage Control in partnership between Tony Stark and the U.S. government. Enraged at being driven out of business, Toombs persuades the employees to keep the Chitari, the alien technology, that we've already scavenged and use it to create and sell advanced weapons, including the flying vulture suit Toombs uh, uses to steal Chitari power cells. Eight years later, well, well let's start there. One, I have, Adrian uh, is not the name not, I would give this guy. First, my, the question that I had for Ryan is, is anyone in this movie other than Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Ned, and Liz? Do we hear a name ever? Do we literally hear a name at any point? No. Very few. We never yeah. hear it. No one is ever given a name. The villain, we just, I, so I'm going to refer to everyone throughout this podcast as the actor's name. So we have Michael sure. Keaton, we have Garcelle, we have Zendaya, <laughs> and then we have, we have Ned and Peter Parker. Yeah. yeah. And because I was not given the information to know and, what their characters' names are. His name is Adrian Toombs? Toombs. Toombs. And I don't even know if that's correct, because to your point, it's the only time I've ever seen it in writing uh -huh. and or heard it. I do really like, and this was, you know, I apologize for coming in with, with you don't need knowledge. to apologize. <laughs> no, I love that you like it. I like that there's a flying scavenger and yeah. his villain name is the vulture. I would I, love I it if that, that was his name. If that was his name, yeah. that'd be fun. I would love yeah. it if he would have called himself that. Yeah. I love this guy. Something. Okay. So I'm from Pittsburgh and as is, um, Michael Keaton from Pittsburgh. And there is an energy about people from Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's the same energy as people from Eastern Ohio. We all share an energy and uh -huh. something about this. I was like rooting for him. I had yeah, a lot there's... of questions. I was like, one, how do you just like get into the advanced weapons? Right. Like, I, you know yeah, how people he... try to start selling when pot? You, <laughs> when you just read that just now, I was shocked at the escalation that we were witness <laughs> to in that one scene. Yeah. That, yeah. All of that happened from that first prologue. And I love that his... <laughs> His wings don't flap like wings. They have like box fans. Yeah, they're just they're just like jet propellers. <laughs> and they just like <laughs> I, I guess like what I would say, my advice for this movie would be like much like how we started mercifully at Peter Parker is already Spider-Man. Just start after all of that shit. Yeah. And yeah. just like either like imply that connection for people who have seen, I don't know which, the Civil War or the whatever <laughs> Avengers this is from. I don't know. But just like imply that connection and just start us off with like, okay, we have Michael Keaton and he's a bad guy and we have Peter Parker and he is Spider-Man. I almost think that, I mean, I, movies with narration sometimes are sort yeah, of give me a lazy. card. Give us, yeah, give us a scroll. Give us a. I would love a scroll. I mean, right yeah, great. Would I will say, thankful for it. Uh, Michael Keaton in this is maybe the best MCU villain. 
Oh, I know hands what, down. I know what his motivation this is. is the best MCU I villain we okay. get. So, so many of them are like robots and aliens and monsters. Yes. I will Ryan. say I did understand his motivation, and that's true. I didn't understand a lot of his how, but I understand a lot no. of the why. And yeah. Ryan, tell me if you agree. Something happens right around... Uh... Oh my god, I just had a brain fart. Right around like... Captain America Winter Soldier where like uh -huh. the MCU start, kind of starts getting the idea of what a villain is supposed to be. It's a little more grounded. Like we get sure. Hello, we get this guy, we get uh, the Winter Soldier who turns out to be good. But I mean like just people yeah. you're more invested in, Killmonger. Um, this was one of the first ones where I was like, this guy, it knows what's, I know why he's doing what he's doing. He, I'm kind of like rooting for him a little bit. A part of me is like, hell yeah, he it's all these weapons. Oh, Black Panther is in the MCU. I've seen another MCU. Yeah. I saw Black yeah. Panther. I loved it. That was that is what I thought I was it's getting him. into with this. Yeah. I thought I was getting into like the Spider Man Black game. Panther. No, um, no, 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 no. You're getting into Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, this well, Spider Man. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting into just like a a Spider Man kind of. A, it's a it's literally a web that has been spun between go. all of the MCU things. Um, I I also think that this villain is scary. Like I yeah. I think that he... Oh, I did not think he was... I did he not did, find him scary he did, like, whatsoever. He would have let his daughter go. He would have let anybody die at the cost of... I guess my problem with this <laughs> villain... Like Michael Keaton the way that this villain is set up, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, mm -hmm. but first of all, the presence of Iron Man throughout this movie... Yeah. is an unwelcome surprise for me. First of all, I don't <laughs> like being surprised by Robert Downey Jr. at any point. I, I have to know His that that's what I'm going to get yeah. before I go there. I want I have to a at least, After I want that on the package. And, but his continued presence throughout this as both a really rich, so I, again, never seen an Iron Man, never seen an Avengers, know nothing about this, but his presence caused so many problems for me because he's a really rich dude who everybody knows. So he's like a, like a Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, sort of like an eccentric billionaire inventor yeah. type who is also publicly a superhero. Yeah. yeah. He's the most so, famous person on the planet. So therefore everyone knows that there are no stakes to anything because money and superheroes will come and save it if it is really bad. Well, the, yes. And there is a point that I'm going to save to the end where that really is in play. Like that because, that observation really, I was like, boy. Because I was I like, well, what is the point of Spider-Man even existing? Like, why would, why does Iron Man even need the help? That because we've we're told explicitly that uh, that um, Spider Man is hurting his like chances of helping, Chris, and so it's like, why why like the stakes here are non-existent? Uh, because Iron Man is busy moving, <laughs> he can't be bothered. <laughs> true, with and I villains and listen, at this as time. someone who has recently moved, I get it. It takes <laughs> up a salt. You have to block off a week. You really do. You have to, you know. You really have to just like take you have a to personal give day. Time to to declutter yeah. and to get rid of yeah. and let go of things. You have to, yes. you know. You have um, to just estimate a month on each end. After watching these movies, after rewatching these movies for this podcast, I am disgusted that I am developing a crush on Robert Downey Jr. I am so humiliated. I. But it is. You should be, but I get it. It is so strong. The crush. 
that because I used to really dislike. Oh, I used to really dislike him in these movies, and I just thought like, or not dislike him in these movies, but just like nothing. I was like, okay, he's cool. He's Iron Man. He's whatever. For some reason, in these movies, as I'm rewatching, maybe because it's like the thirtieth time I've seen them, and I, my brain needs something new to do as I watch them. I have such a boner for Iron Man, for Tony Stark, and he's kind of like annoying every time he's on screen yeah, I, and i'm like oh I, tony <laughs> i think i do get it because i think that robert downey jr does have a lot of charisma i find the character of tony stark this being my first entry point for him mm-hmm. to be unwelcome in my life yeah and not someone who i wish to see on screen again so if this is your first time seeing tony stark i would say it does not leave a great impression of this character speaking of things that are uncomfortable to watch on screen let me read a little bit more of this plot because i have yeah something here so so essentially then we get uh, peter parker is coming off his like his one trip with the superheroes and he's like really obsessed with them and he keeps like he keeps texting happy and like won't quit he starts quitting all his academic decathlon stuff um, to spend more time focusing on his crime fighting activities mm-hmm. as spider-man his best friend yeah. ned eventually discovers his secret identity peter parker comes across tomes associate oh so then peter tries to like go to some party but then he's distracted so he goes and he yep. finds all these people a few things one uh i don't like actors who are too old playing high school students because tom holland's like 22 in this but he's supposed to be a 15-year-old boy, and that I, creeps me out. I don't oh, need I have that. The, I have the opposite reaction, which is that I think that this is the first Peter Parker who is supposed to be in high school who could convincing, like, with the other actors they are cast with, convincingly is in high school. Like, I and, didn't look yeah. at this and think, like, that is Tobey Maguire. Like, that's... there. He Whenever he is acting, he feels like a teenager. He feels yeah. like he should be there. Something about looking to me what is clearly a 21 year old person in the role like when he said he was 15 halfway through i got gross i was like ah. um two i didn't remember he had already 15. had a couple like gratuitous like torso shot yeah, yeah. i don't love that, that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true a, i guess i don't fine if why he's not just 21 make him, like why not just make him 18 because he needs a, a i guess he needs to stay in high school for like three movies a trilogy <laughs> literally he's been in high school for the last 10 years and the other thing is, that guy in the beard is not Tom Hardy. I just learned that right now. Oh, it, one of the villains with the, yeah, is not, no. For years, yeah. I'm thinking, why would they have Tom Hardy in this and then also be oh. the guy, Venom? And as, yeah. I was, well, as I was looking it up to be like, can you believe this? It's this guy named Logan Marshall Green. Yeah. There's another guy who looks like Tom Hardy that plays uh, Captain Boomer <laughs> Captain Boomerang in the Suicide Squad movies. He also looks like Tom Hardy and is not Tom Hardy. These two look so much alike. I can't believe this. This guy looks like Tom Hardy too. This guy would be able to tell it's not Tom Hardy, but he looks a lot like Tom Hardy. These two, I, I couldn't t- if I ran into them in the street, I wouldn't know which is which. Is this a thing I, people know about? I don't think that I even noticed that there was anyone who looks like Tom Hardy in this film. Oh, well, he's killed oh, almost immediately. Yeah. Uh, he's like shot to death with some like. He's like. Oh, that he one. To ash. Yes. Okay. I yeah. do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's one of the, like from the party part, right? He. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we're introduced, speaking of the party, we're introduced to a lot of people in rapid succession. We're introduced yes. to Ned. Let's do some rapid fire reactions. How do we feel about sure. these people? So, right. Love Ned. Love Ned. How do you feel, love. Ryan? Pro. Ned is my favorite character in the movie. Yeah. Ned is so good. Wonderful. I love that we have someone who knows a Spider-Man secret so we don't constantly have to deal with like a switcheroo tension. Yeah. And he has somebody it's to really, talk to. It's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, his first crush, whose name I can't even remember, because spoiler alert, by the end of the not, movie she's gone. Not um, Liz? Liz. 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 Yeah. Is it Liz? Okay. It is Liz. Not we, Zendaya. Not Zendaya. Zendaya's MJ, who we'll get to in a moment. Okay. Liz, I... I, I honestly, I felt the most stakes for Liz yeah, when we bad. had the tension at the end of like, oh, Michael Keaton, spoiler, Michael Keaton, Liz's dad is the villain. And in order for Spider-Man to prevail, it has to be at the cost of like destroying yeah. his crush's father's life, if Ugh. not his crush's life. What I also feel like I don't need MCU doesn't need my script notes. No, we needed to know that. that he was her dad an hour earlier. Yes, than I wanted to know it. I wanted to really? know it a lot okay. sooner. Yeah, I get it that they were saving it for the third act, but there were so many not like I said before, no other stakes in this movie. Yeah. Okay, I know that like I know that he's going to get away the other three big battle sequences, like because if he caught him now, what what would the rest of the other hour and a half of this movie be about? Mm -hmm. I also know that if he if Spider-Man is not able to save the day at this moment, there is a, a cabal of affiliated superheroes just, like, standing by. Yeah. So, like, the world is not in jeopardy at any point. We are just, like, there's just simple obstacles. Like, it seems like this is really, like, just, like, a low-level law enforcement call. Well, yeah, just a little neighborhood action. Yeah, I like it's... I'm going to disagree about the dad thing, but I'll save it till when we get there. Um, okay. I have very different feelings, and I want to argue about it. Okay. Um, how do we feel about MJ? Let me start with MJ. I have watched this movie probably three or four times. To be honest, I really like this movie. It's not one of my favorites. I don't revisit it. Um, I tend to have this thing that I should... I, it's just, I don't know why. When people really love something the most, like the red Power Ranger is always my least favorite Power Ranger, because I'm like, enough of... Enough. Yeah. And that's yeah, how I feel was, a little bit about Spider-Man. the most popular. That, that's how I feel about Spider-Man a little bit. I like okay. I like these movies. I really get into them. But, like, I don't revisit them because I'm like, well, enough with Spider-Man. Everybody loves Spider-Man. Um, when I first – the first few times I watched this, and I said this on the podcast before, I really didn't like MJ's character in this because it felt very one-dimensional. It felt yeah, I very – Rewatching it this time, I actually didn't feel that way. And I felt like – I mean, Zendaya is just – she just you just want to watch her she's so good you, she just like when she's on screen i just want to look at her and hear what she has to say and i um, guess i feel that same way about zendaya but i think in this film i did not which made me angry like it yeah. made me like it made me upset that we had zendaya in this movie when and we were just gonna like frizz her hair up and then just sit her in an epidemic decathlon table. Well, the thing that I, I it, to be honest, the thing that really got under my skin the first couple times I watched this is it was like it felt very of the moment to write in a young Gen Z, um, woke girl of color, and I didn't feel like she had the first couple times I watched this. I just felt like th this character would not always be 
a wet blanket. She would also have fun and laugh. Yeah, and she joking, would like, have. She would be doing something fun. Yeah, she's like not, if she's not going to go to the top of the Washington Monument, she's going to go. I don't know. Go to the Smithsonian and look at bees. I or don't know something. What you're like do. she, like, she, she would, do something is a weird. Human being who would, yeah. But then rewatching it, I there were moments that I guess I missed the first couple times watching it where I, it didn't rub me. There, I was like, oh okay, maybe I overlooked Zendaya. But if you guys have the same experience, then I um I didn't. I I liked her. There's <laughs> two. Two quick things. One is that the thing that historically has distinguished Spider-Man is that he has personal problems. Yeah. He has trouble with his friend group. He doesn't have money. Mm-hmm. His, you know, his, I do all like of that. those things. He doesn't live in like, he doesn't have a headquarters. He has a shitty little apartment, all those things. Mm-hmm. And then the other factor in this is all of the preceding press about it. All of the marketing, every, all of the trivia on IMDb is about that. This is based on John Hughes movies. Oh yeah, what? and that this is like a tribute to like '80s teen movies, and the in only what way? the only John Hughes character in this entire movie is Zendaya's character. Yeah, that is Hands like a down. textbook perfect, you, like Anthony so... Michael Hall mm-hmm. nerd she, character throwing yeah, baloney against the her, statue. Her counter yes, with but... Liz, who is like a Molly Ringwald character, I feel like make all the stakes high school drama. Like yeah. it's called yeah, homecoming, I would like and we're at homecoming for three seconds. I have no, I have so many. Notes I'm like about the homecoming. Scene. Where's the big there. game? Where's a Ferris wheel? Where's I would have loved dance? a big game. I would have what I, uh, I have a que- I have I have yeah. one big question but about yeah, the John Hughes of it all, <laughs> which is John Hughes. How? Like, what part of this movie was? Like, where am I to look? Peter's other than for there to be a party, where out. am I? Yeah, Peter's world is typically built out from like the Daily Bugle, which is like where he when works with all adults. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm glad we didn't get that. Built yes. out his high school world instead. Speaking okay. of, um, when the MCU and also at this time the MCU starts bringing in like MCU genre films, which is really successful for them, but also is like the it's honestly like an like an improv scene doing the genre. It's such a loose interpretation of it. Yeah, and yeah I. But it works sometimes. Here, I would never have known this was a John Hughes film. I, if it was, it I would have liked it. it. Yeah. I would have loved it if it was. Like, yeah. if it if this really was 16 Candles, but with Spider-Man, I would have, yeah. like, that would have been amazing. But Zendaya in that world would be, like, Ducky from Pretty yeah. in Pink. Yeah. Or she's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Mary Stuart Masterson from... Yeah, uh, from Breakfast Kind Club. of Wonderful. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, those... no. Who is the... the oh, kid? Ali Sheedy. Yeah, Ali from Sheedy. That's she who is she really so is. Ali yes, Sheedy. That's she's she really is. Ali yeah. Sheedy. And Ali Sheedy was fun in that. She yeah, like, Ali Sheedy had... That cereal sandwich and... She had yeah, her but... own sort of fun that was weird to other people. Yeah. Like Zendaya uh, volunteering to go to de- detention to watch, like sadness and to sketch people yeah that's very like i want i want to see her do that five more times so that that was one of the things that made me rethink my original judgment of this character which was when you find out that she when you watch this knowing that she kind of likes peter there are so many things that make more sense like when she knows peter's schedule and when she's going to detention i'm like oh she's not going there to draw then she's going there to like look at peter like that's what i would do in high school and those sort of things made me like her a lot more this time. But the first couple times I watched this, I was just like, here we go. White people trying to write uh, that, like a woke yeah. black team. And that's like, that's really probably like true. It. I think that I, I, I think that like, honestly, I would just, I would just put more of her in it because we don't, yeah. it's, it's clearly just like padding for her. Like we know the reveal at the end. 
we know that Liz is not going to last for Peter. And because we know that like, we know that Zendaya and Tom Holland will continue in this series. So like it already feels superfluous. Like again, no stakes because we know so much of the outside world. We know too much. Yeah. It's like not self-contained enough for there to be stakes. Also, um, I could not believe no matter how. And also, I am great at suspending my disbelief for Marvel movies. I go in loving oh, Marvel movies. Same. I was thinking about today, I was like, should I just go watch Eternals again? <laughs> just for fun. Um, and it's not worth two watches at a movie theater. Um, but I could not believe that this man who is set up to bully Tom Holland in any way, shape, or form was bullying anybody. Yeah, I was going to say, are we going to get into the academic decathlon of it all? As somebody who was bullied and bullied, nobody would be, (laughs) nobody would ever even blink an eye at this guy who's like, (laughs) Peter Parker's poor. It's like, fuck off, dude. Like, that's also like, that's, I think it's not even like a thing. Yeah, I would have, like, I think that like you can. You can set up a world in which Peter Parker is not popular at school. And you can also set up a world in which Peter Parker is good is good at, but not popular at, an after-school activity, such as academic decathlon. But you can't have those two things be cross-disciplinary true. That, like, the, the, the bully on the academic decathlon team yeah. is also the head bully of the school, not that's not that's not true like there is there can be like activity drama but it doesn't cross over yeah like no the cheerleaders don't give a shit about what the glee club is doing (laughs) yeah (laughs) wild well and also because we got so in a way so little of the kids at school like in terms of characterization and their interaction yeah we don't see the discrepancy with peter being poor and them having means yeah liz's house versus peter's apartment is like it might as well be on in a completely different city yeah um and the same also it is in a completely different well true it's in the suburbs i have a note about the way another thing nobody fucking cool lives in the suburbs that is such (laughs) bullshit if you're watching this from the middle of nowhere like where i grew up let me tell you something right now nothing cool is happening in the especially if it's the new york suburbs like if it is like you can either live live in new york city because peter parker lives in new york city correct yeah yeah this is the question I ask because I always get confused about who lives in a real place and who lives in a not real place. <laughs> also, uh, yeah. if she lives in the suburbs, why are they bussing her ass into the exactly. middle of the city? So, like, why can't she just have, like, if if we're meant to show she is rich, he is poor. Oh, maybe he, he lives in a cheap school. apartment. Uh, I think maybe Peter's on scholarship at a nicer school district. Okay, sure. Say, but, yeah. like, but I, I watched uh, that, that show with the coach, with Nicole Kidman. What was that? With, with The Undoing. The Undoing, yeah. People, rich people live in New York City. We have, we can see some rich stuff in New York oh, City yeah. if we stay in New York City. So Heck let's yeah. just keep it there where it's just more interesting to look at. Yeah. Like the yeah. suburban filming of it made it boring. Well, let's continue with the plot a little bit because there are some scenes in there that were fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He, so. Oh, so he, he goes, he's supposed to go to this party in the suburbs, which by the way, snooze alert. Um, also, n- nothing drives me crazier than when characters set themselves up for something that will clearly be embarrassing. Yeah. Um, 
Seth, so he's supposed to go to this party, but he doesn't because he sees something off in the end. He's so into like proving he's himself as a being superhero. Spider Man, yeah. So he goes. He sees these two guys. They're fighting. Uh, they're the henchmen of the Vulture. They're fighting over these alien weapons. He gets the. He then realizes, okay, these alien weapons are happening. Parker uh, Parker saves Davis before being caught by Tombs the Vulture and in the Vulture suit and dropped in the lake, nearly drowning. That was my worst fear as a kid: d- jumping on a pool cover and then it coming up around you. He gets tangled in his parachute, but he's safe. Fear, yeah. Did he, that ever? Did you see that happen to someone? Uh, I, we were just always warned that don't like don't ever go into the pool when an okay. adult's not around because you will get wrapped up in that thing and you will die. Okay. Um, good, the, I mean, it's good to be safe. Yeah, uh, he is rescued by Stark, who is monitoring the Spider-Man suit he gave Parker and warns him against further involvement with criminals. He essentially says, "Stay low." Parker and Ned study the weapons Bryce left behind, removing its power core. When a tracking device on Schultz's on Schultz? Nobody knows. Yeah. One of the guys has a tracking device, leads to Maryland. They're going on a school trip. Uh, Peter joins the decathlon team again and accompanies them to Washington, D.C. for the national tournament. Ned and Parker disable the tracker and Stark and plant it in a Spider-Man suit and unlock its advanced features. And then he follows these people into where he gets, like, trapped in a warehouse. (sighs) So... I... Did not like this act of the movie. The I think the most. This was the this was the hardest for me. This it the part where he's trapped in that warehouse is really. Difficult. I don't need any part of it, especially because he just gets out. Like he just uses the suit to get out after yeah, like any, thirty-seven. After minutes. crying like twice. Any montage where you're watching a character be bored. <laughs> I feel like that's where we cut. Yeah, we could we could edit that. <laughs> Why isn't he like crawling through the ductwork and trying to like wire yeah. an elevator? Yeah. Like he's a genius and he he's is just trapped in a warehouse and then strong. just tries a bunch of codes until one works. Yeah, that like, he's yeah. just using the keypad. Just edit, just cut it so that he just like uses a wet a force web or something. Yeah. And then there's no like whenever we learn about the different webs and like the tricks. Exactly. Rather when... than the montage we get. I would rather have Ned be on a phone with him hacking stuff and him figuring it out yeah then have siri in his head yes also yeah. and how embarrassed are they Very if they wonderful. named it karen yeah that's that's hard. that fucking that cracked my high ass up i was <laughs> name so, is i thought that is wonderful because that did, not only did that not age well it turned quick it yeah. turned fast oh like that yeah. day yeah. that aged like yeah. a glass of milk that just this know-it-all so... white lady in his head. Yeah, named Karen. named Karen. This would have been like a year before Karen was Karen. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. This was released in 2017. Yeah. Uh, uh. So also the scene where like then he's like on the highway is not exciting because you think. Oh, like, God. All of the travel. I'm confused with movie. how I far away like... he is. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Just stay in New York. I get it that we wanted us to be. Uh, Climbing up the Washington Monument with a spider's web, like that's I, the, that's that's the that just they had that idea and then they just wrote the whole movie around it. Yeah. They don't need it. It wasn't a big payoff to have it happen. I I do think that scene is very exciting though, and I do also you? yeah, and yeah, it's a, I do and too. it's something I, that we don't see. Uh, I do not Spider Man not knowing how high up he can go and that was having really like cool. A yeah. fear of heights was kind of fun. Um, and also there's nothing around him sort of problem solving in real time. And yeah. And I'm scared of heights. I think that this brings me to one of my other big problems with the movie. The other, another reason why I felt like there was not any stakes for me as a viewer, (laughs) which is a, 
in my mind, they don't want to tell me anything about the rules of this world. And so I'm just left to assume that in this world, everything is safe and going to get fixed by the end of the movie because that's what always happens. So I don't give a shit. Number two is that all of the effects in this movie of Spider-Man whizzing around on a web or whatever are so clearly CGI. Yeah. And he so looked. not, and because Tom Holland is not visible in those moments. He never takes his mask off. It's it's so not humanizing at all to watch this just like spider graphic just like travel across your screen. Yeah, that I did not. I wasn't affected by by the gravity. I think that like it is, it is a nice thought to think like oh Spider Man is is now learning how high up he can get, and so now it's scary. But that's not what I got from the visuals I was seeing. I would honestly rather it be literally animated, like literally like. Or Roger Rabbit. like Peter in his like school clothes with his backpack on. Yes. It's yes. it's so I interesting you say like that. Ryan, I am interested in your opinion because I do think that if you are, if you watch these the way we watch them, a part of it is like, how are they going to make the fight scenes interesting? Like it's a subconscious thing. It's not something I go in thinking, but like things like that, I'm like, oh, how cool to like, him not it's something where he's away from all these buildings he has to do some like insane flip that could potentially like, result in him being very hurt i mean of course he's not going to right but using the thing so i do think yet again there's another element of this that like i just never even th realized would be have less stakes if you weren't super involved do you feel that way I, too like when you watch these that you think like oh i never yeah. would have thought that's fight scene it's why uh, and we'll get to this, but when he doesn't have the super suit, mm -hmm. it's yeah. so much more exciting. Yes. And like towards the end, completely agree like, with that. that's also yeah. another scary moment. I think when he's just like under all the rubble another, in his like hoodie, I guess yes. like, that's so much more Whoa. exciting to me. Another I will say part of, well, I was just going to say another part of that is that like, I don't know what his rules are of the suit and not the suit we do right. get to we have that interminable montage of suit learning where we figure out all the different types of webs and things so we yeah. do learn that but like as someone who's just like we come in spider-man exists and has solved crimes before but this is the first time we're going to hear about it we thankfully don't get a lot of exposition around like how he came to be but it would be nice to get some earlier reminders of like what he can and can't do. Spider-Man yeah. can get hurt, can't uh, not shoot webs. I don't know, but like, yeah, you know, yeah. what are the limits of this? One weird thing is that he has uh, what comic readers have come to call uh, spider sense. Yeah, and that's when he has a little bit of like a split second premonition mm -hmm. that like in the first movie mary jane is going to slip in the cafeteria and he catches her and he kind of knows something fucks up is going to happen and he has this later in avengers movies but he does not have it in this at all and there's so many times well, where i'm like yeah. i wish you had it because i would love your best friend is in your bedroom i'd love to have uh, like a, a montage of <laughs> yeah. like uh yeah what all the powers are spidey sense can climb up the walls can shoot a web the mm -hmm. suit takes care of the rest, and then we have a montage of the suit. Exactly. Just like Which, a, by the way, I did. I, I mean, I did take a gummy yesterday and was like, oh, I have to watch this movie. And I got 30 minutes into the sequel to this. And then this is, it's been a stressful week. Stressful work weeks. I normally come, and then I record a podcast, and I'll watch a movie, and then I'll pop a gummy. 
I got 30 minutes into the sequel and then remembered that I had already watched this movie. I got 30 minutes into the sequel after watching this two days prior. And then I said, Devin, you have already watched the movie for this podcast two days ago. And your dumbass forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is, and by the way, the thing that made me remember that right now, the CGI is much better in the sequel. Yeah. Okay. And that's good. Spider Tingle comes up. His Peter Tingle comes up, yeah. as they call it. They call um, it a Peter Tingle? They call it a Peter Tingle as a joke. No. It's very funny. They, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah Peter T- it's I, not serious. They're not like, okay. whatever you do, don't lose the Peter Tingle. <laughs> okay, because I was going to say, that's we have to. We're going to workshop yeah. that if that's meant to be taken seriously. <laughs> um, a, a thing that I noticed this time that I, and I, I saw this one in the theater and then not again. I haven't seen it. This is the second time I've seen it. Um, the the power source from that they get from the grenade and, or whatever yeah, yeah and it's a little glowing purple thing like it doesn't behave in any way at all until they find out that it's the bomb and then it's a bomb well it right. goes through they were like it can't exposed it can't be exposed yeah, to okay, radiation so the, this element this alien planet element thing yeah. if it gets exposed to x-rays yeah. Don't they literally say X-rays? They say Maybe radiation, not. and then it shows it going through the X-ray machine. Oh, okay, so it's so yeah. we're yeah. okay. So like, yeah. if we had seen it, you know, making a clock spin backwards, or yeah, like uh, we can't oh, can't we do a little dramatic tension or... where like it's on Ned's like bookshelf or he, whatever, yeah. and then his uh like iPod shuffle freezes. I don't yeah. know. Something. Give like, me some. Give me a little something. I was to never, just know that like this rock is bad. Never worried for one second for him to have that. Not no. at all. Not until they told me until about it. it blew up that... Washington Monument. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay. They said it was a bomb. Yeah. Also, like, these superheroes do so much damage. Like, every anything yeah. that anybody holds dear, they're like, let's blow that up. I can't wait for, like, Avengers 9, where they blow the faces off of, like, Mount Rushmore. That's I mean, it's, it's quickly turning into Fast and the Furious, right? Where we're just yeah. going to, like, we're just going to blow up every living surface on Earth and then go okay. to space. Yeah. Speaking of blowing things up, let's power through to the end because there's <laughs> yeah. still so much so that much. happens in this movie. So, so many beats. So we're just going to go through to the next, because I think we can do this. There's three, essentially, major scenes left. One, and I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on it. It was somewhat cool that he, like, cuts that boat in half on accident i hated this scene. i really liked it when i mean the, the spider-man movies always have something where like they have that shot of him pulling two things together it's yeah. like an homage to the first one i, but, I get it that we have to cut something in half and hold it together with webs but this i just I didn't mean, want Iron Iron Man to come save the day when right. he had already saved him this from the lake right this is iron man this because the scene is proving this is like peter parker is uh oh are you watching our dog just like i love it we both have anybody listening we both have beagles and your beagle plays the same way my beagle plays oh (laughs) but yeah iron man saves this guy yeah and it's the whole point of the scene is that peter parker shouldn't try and be spider-man because it's getting in the way of iron man and so yeah. it's like well guess who made me watch the movie about spider-man you guys okay did. you decided well, that spider-man had enough talent to like take care of a whole movie so you need to either go all in on spider-man <laughs> being necessary or not i have i have a solution for that if i can offer them one more note 
Yeah, yeah please, in, please, please. <laughs> in the in the previous the previous story arc, they hack the suit to make it do all these things. Yeah. So at the ferry, maybe Peter saves the day by himself, but he's demonstrating all these things with the suit that he's not supposed to have access to. Yeah. And so then Iron Man sure. can still swoop in and be like, okay. You're, you're hot dogging or whatever. I'm taking the suit. You're not supposed to have full access. Yes. Yeah. What if you had used instant kill and, and hurt somebody innocent? Whatever. Even to that point, like, even if he saves everybody and he still puts the boat back together, one, all those people's cars are fucked up. And two, like, you still, it's still not great to cut a boat in half. <laughs> like, right. that's a punishment. Right. So then I think we can move on from that because, like, nothing really happens there. No, other than no, again, it's like a no prank. stakes other than it's like, then we get to the point where I want to argue. Go for it. Because for Iron Man. Session. Yeah. Iron Man comes in. <laughs> my husband comes in <laughs> and he says, like, I'm taking the suit away from you, which, by the way, good for you. You fucking paid for that suit. Um, I'm defending him. And uh, then P Peter Parker is kind of like defeated at this point. And yeah. he's resigned to just being a kid. You we have this nice little montage where he's with Ned and they're putting together like Legos and yeah. they're being kids. Um, he asks Liz to the dance. They go to the dance. He shows up at the house. And I do understand your note of it would have had more weight and stuff earlier. But every time I watch this movie, when Michael Keaton opens that front door, That's my scary. asshole it's falls yeah. out. I am I, like... <gasps> I, I thought that the reveal of it was was well done. I actually oh. think by my note, the, what I mean by it needs to come earlier, I mean, we simply don't need the middle third of the movie. <laughs> simply cut it out. Like, just get it out of there. Yeah. I also yeah. think what if that stays where it is and we bump up Zendaya, then we have yes. that contrast of like this is his best friend that's right in front of him and he should be in love with yes. her. Yes, then we can him. get that ducky mm -hmm. Molly and Ringwald thing. Have like it is a John Hughes movie. The yeah, rich girl that. that he's drawn to instead. Mm -hmm. All of that could serve sort of the that conflict instead. And then it's layered on, oh plus the rich girl that you're choosing that's not right for you, her dad is going to kill you. And yeah. I would also like to know a little bit more about why she wasn't right for him. Because like well I think that's is, what Works. Very kind to him. She has a secret crush on him. He has a secret crush on her. Yeah. They finally get together, and then he's like, mm, "You're down to Bob guy." Well, see, like, we need me... to not like her a little bit. Like we need I... to have present some conflict. I disagree. You okay? Okay. I the thing I like about that moment so much is that it is kind of just like a great really partnership yeah. that is really like fucked over forever because. I know your dad. That's true. A psychopath who kills people. Like yeah. this and relationship guess... is over immediately. Yeah. Now I, what do I do? Do I not say? And that whole scene in the car, Michael Keaton is such a good actor. I was He's so good. Horrible. The way it was directed yeah, felt it was like great. it was from a different movie. It, yeah. it it was like, oh, all of a sudden we're in a serious artsy movie when the his face is lit by the traffic lights and stuff. Yes, I did. I thought oh. it was that was that was the first part of the movie that I thought was like pleasant to look at. Yeah, I have a lot of notes about that scene existing, <laughs> and here is what I mean. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, he told me this. When we, you pa go, we paused. I paused this conversation. So, 
I wouldn't call myself like super popular in high school, but I went to dances. And when you go to, obviously homecoming is like a less formal dance than prom, but the procedure for all the dances was all some version of the same, which is this. Your group goes to someone's home and takes a series of photographs. Your parents bring you to there or you, I don't know, you drive separately. I don't know, but like you all go to, so there's like, uh, you know, two couples, four couples, whatever, meeting at someone's house. All of you take pictures outside in their backyard. Yeah. And oh. all of you go in some kind of like shared transportation to dinner. And then the parents either stay there or don't. I don't really know what they do. But you don't just show up to your date's house. And even if you did just have a date, you don't just show up to their house and their parents, Michael Keaton and Garcelle Beauvau, are just cooking dinner? Cooking dinner. Yeah, they are cooking food. Yeah. Cooking. They're like, oh, we're and just going to make is... dinner real quick right before our daughter goes to homecoming, which we're just going to drive you to. I don't, I don't like it. And this is also the girl that had a party that the entire school went Yes. To. She has a yeah. car. Yeah. I mean, I guess, are they like, is she, are they're we saying well, that she's I don't too know. young to if drive? You, if too you, young. But, she's too young to yeah. drive. And also, if you showed up to this dance, you would think it was for junior high kids. I'm like, is this in the gymnasium? Yeah. Like, what is going on Our homecoming on was in the gym. I really wanted it. Ours. Because the movie is <sighs> called Homecoming. I know. I wanted there to be a teen movie homecoming. I, I wanted there did. To be I wanted there to be a carnival and a king and queen. I think it would a, be yeah. better. And... Literally, it would be better if inst- like, it would be more believable on all accounts. If instead of going to the dance, they were just going to the football game. And something like happens... they, he came to their house. They were going to take each other to the, fight at the football, football game. Yeah. yeah. Instead of Peter having to leave everybody at the homecoming, let's bring some drama to homecoming. Yeah, it's let's... happening at homecoming. These kids are yeah. in danger. The, oh yeah that's much yeah liz, liz's life is in danger and peter has to save her because the vulture doesn't something yeah that's really well like... let's get to what the vulture does do because this yeah. is is probably the moment of the movie where i align most with both of you so <laughs> we have this wonderful scene where he decides liz i i am spider-man i have to go fight your dad who just pulled a gun on me in the car and he only has that little suit we get ned to do like a little superhero sidekick action and he gets to be he gets to be ned i love that he gets to go into the computer lab and like be zipping around on these chairs he uses the web ned has probably the most complete journey of any character in this movie because we saw it from beginning to end we simply saw the middle he's also, the comic relief of the movie. Yeah, he is. He's. The, Ned has he to is. do a lot in that act. I don't know who that Gold. actor is, but he does a he's great job. Great actor. Yeah. Ned is the heart of this film. Totally. Um. Number two is Marissa Tomei. <laughs> I have. Yes. I have. We need. I we wanted need, so much more Marissa Tomei. I can't 100%. even. Hundred percent. Well, let's. Marissa yeah, Marissa Tomei. Sorry, keep going. Um. <laughs> then they have this moment, which once we've we've touched on it already, that uh, he shows up and fucking Michael Keaton kicks his ass. He drops a building on him. And it's the most compelling moment of the movie. He's under all of this rubble. He is just left his... And you... They do this with Peter a lot. They kind of exploit that he's really, really young and to lose... Like, if he were to die, it would be very sad because it's a really young kid dying. And it's really compelling. I'm really invested at this point. They put it in the perfect moment. Then he gets out. And here's what... I forget how he gets the suit back. I don't even care. Um, 
here's what I don't understand. He figures out this guy's plan that he's going to rob his good friend's airplane. Yeah. Call the cops. You know who this guy is. You know, like, all this. Just, like, go to call Iron Man. Yeah. Like, it's solved. That's, well, Instead, again, having Iron Man be in this movie and be arguably the main character of this movie. I did. <laughs> I had to turn to my husband and say, so wait, they didn't really need to crash this plane, did they? And no. Like, Under no. no circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> and wild. also, I feel like in, in another movie, in another context, that plane isn't crashable. Yeah. You can right. You can, Isn't that invisible like, like aliens force plane should be protected by like yeah. the bomb thing and, and like something. I don't know some weird alien energy. And Michael Keaton is a, a great villain and those wings are very powerful, but we've already established but we don't Fox we, fans. We also yeah. haven't established anything about those wings whatsoever. We just know we're just shown that they enable him to putter around and steal stuff and then get away and they can and they uh, can outrun a wet. Oh, that's my other problem. The number of times that we have watched Spider-Man try and web himself, try and web the Michael Keaton's wings back towards him or away yeah. from him to then be outrun by Michael Keaton. So frustrating because he tries it like four times. Yeah. And each time we're like, that's not going to work. You've tried it an hour ago. We watched it happen. So, like, either try something different yeah. or give up. Also, like, like I, of all the powers that I could have in the MCU, the webs are the last ones I want. Oh, the webs are worthless. Yeah. I'd rather have no powers. I did but... like getting the, the, what I did like when we were doing the unending suit montage, we're yeah. learning some different webs because it was at least giving a little bit of a excitement into like oh anything a little variety yeah b it was telling me a person who desperately needed this information <laughs> what spider-man can and cannot do <laughs> um, <laughs> on a shallow note i think the vultures look his he wears like this weird like spiky fur collared like yeah. bomber jacket a little rue 21 jacket helmet yeah that's yeah. fun it I is was, it's I wish very rue 21 in, and in i love day. that for him i wanted to see him in the sunlight <laughs> yeah he is um i like i just like i like his mask is like all fucked up yeah. he looks scary so they crash this plane and they it's, have this it's fight a, it's like a disco ball. invisible disco plane yeah. invisible disco plane they crash it on the beach um, are they at coney island I what? think so. Because the cyclone is Coney Island, right? Sure. Yeah. I... But aren't you glad I, it's not I, in a fake city? Aren't you glad it's in a fake I am glad that it's not in <laughs> a fake city. I wish it was in any city. I wish that we weren't just like in D.C. and Jersey City and <laughs> New York, ostensibly, and I don't know a New York suburb. Bridgeport, uh, uh, Connecticut. Totally like, yeah. We're like, we're just like, we're kind of just like on the East Coast in a non-generic way while also like harvesting New York City for like lore. Like we mentioned New York City a couple times, but yeah. only to say why we can't do things. Also, here's a good question for both of you. Let's say you're in Spider-Man's shoes and this dude okay. has just tried to kill you multiple times. Yes. He's about to fly away and blow up. Yeah. 
Are you doing anything? Because I'm not. No, I think this is meant. This is meant for us to say. Peter Parker is a good person who yeah. saved the life of his crush's father, even of if course. it meant him going to jail forever. And I'm assuming in another movie we get more Keaton. We Keaton's might plotting something yet, from though. jail. That's our after he's, the credits thing. Yeah, he's coming back for sure. Okay. He's going to be in a movie that I'm not going to see in the MCU or the extended. Uh, he's in Morbius, the Jared Leto vampire <laughs> Morbius, movie. the vampire movie. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I don't um, want to know even one more word about what that would possibly entail. And then, so then, Morbius, the vampire movie yeah. with Jared Leto, where, is yeah. that just a word cloud that you created you to never destroy have to me? See it. You never ever have to hear about it again. Morbius, <laughs> the vampire with Jared. So as soon as that happens, they just are like, "Well, you have to move. You're out of school." And Liz and her mom. It's like she got fired from school. Her mom has a cardboard box. Shows up to that high school (laughs) with a cardboard box with an aloe vera plant sticking out the top. (laughs) Like her daughter had like a desk set up in a homeroom. From her cubicle. Also, why do they have to move to Oregon? I love, I did think about this and I don't know that any of this is true. To be closer to where her dad is in prison? No, I love to think that. Just starting over. Because they... They make it very clear at the top of this movie that in 2012, he's just sort of like your average, like, construction dude, right? Probably yeah. making an average construction living. And then they have been propelled to the heights of wealth yeah. through these, these okay, alien Okay, so they weapons. were real up and cunning. So I love to believe that Garcelle is just a woman who was like, yeah, I stopped working to be a stay-at-home mom 10 years ago because... Or five years ago, I guess. In this now, and I, now, what are we going to do? I'm going to go live with my parents, I guess, because I'm embarrassed okay. that my they're husband... Moving, they're moving to Forks. <laughs> is that true? That's how the movie continues, because it, it turns into a Forks? Twilight crossover. Is that, is that Twilight? <laughs> Forks is where Bella and her dad moved in Twilight. God. <laughs> That's in Washington. Um, Garcelle also is... I, just like a star. I was gonna she's say in this movie for she. I think I would watch twice. I would watch great an entire other cut of this movie that is just Garcelle and Marissa Tomei. Yeah, like at the craft service table. It's called They're late just like night. talking like about a, a like their scenes, just like being a woman in Hollywood. Like I just want to see what they did. <laughs> no, so I want to watch a movie day. about them having lunch on the set. Yeah, that's the movie I would like to see. <laughs> What I'm, do and I and I challenge you to find any gay person that would say differently. Here's the th- here's the question I have. I mean, this makes me a bad gay person. Where do I know Garcelle from? The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Well, Shut. she's no, she's on that. She's yeah. on that. But she was on like a Law and Order for a long time, and she's in being um, best friends with Lisa Rinna. Also she, on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She plays a lot of front like, of me is over the last season because Lisa Rinna's behavior has been indefensible for quite some time. She's in the Coming to America movies. She's played like a Denzel Washington wife before. She's she she's has like a of- good career, but she's not a name above the title ever. She was not in the House of Beverly Hills when this film no. came out. And also this... she is Oh. Beautiful. I mean she's stunningly Stunning. gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um cuz whenever yeah, whenever they show up and and Michael Keaton's this girl's dad, I was like I'm going to need to see the receipts cuz this does not line <laughs> up. And then Garcelle walks around the corner and I was like, "Oh, makes yeah, sense." Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um I must know her from something. I can't believe a real housewife says in this. Grim 
Grimm. I tried to watch like Grimm. the show, like the that, show Grimm. The, the, like, I used Aesop's to work at a video. Show. I used to work at a video store. Okay, so I watched. There was a good. I don't six understand years of my the life. correlation. Well, there was a good six years of my life. I watched every single thing that was produced. Everything okay. Okay. F- from B movie recorded it on our iPhones to series upon series. Uh, that's what I probably know her from. I bet there's a couple other things. So then essentially that brings, oh, and flight. That brings us to the end of our, essentially the end of the movie. I mean, a couple little things happen. She moves over. We find out that um, MJ is MJ. Uh, Marissa Which, Tome, oh, go ahead. MJ can't just, her name is Michelle. She introduces herself at Michelle multiple times. Mm-hmm. And she introduces herself as Michelle. She says that's what she wants her friends to call her. And these are her first friends. Those are her friends. So look at you making fun of a young girl who's I'm, just trying I'm, to make I'm some only friends in this a, world. The only person who I'm making fun of in all of this are the like uh, 106 <laughs> writers of this feature film. Here's the crazy thing about these who films. Have never spoken to each other. Well, here's the thing. Here's the crazy thing about these films. I can't believe oh no, you're right. One, two, three, four, five, six people wrote this film. That's it? I can't even I couldn't operate I, in a team of I six. Surely sh- thought that there was thirty plus. I well that's had a the room. wild thing about some of these movies, which is like But they, they might they might have be for I don't know how many people write like the Avengers movies. But well that's they the thing clearly some... like pulled from there sometimes it's like one person and that's so much pressure yeah. for these films that are supposed to make like a billion dollars a piece um and then that brings us to the end of the film so we have a couple questions anything okay. well, we have a, a couple questions that we like to wrap up the uh, the podcast with one on a scale of one to ten comparing this movie to movies in general not mcu okay. movies just, just- movies the, the, on a scale of one to ten, what do each of you give this film? Oh. Chris, I would give this film a zero because I do not believe that it qualifies as a movie. I think that it qualifies as an episode in a cinematically released serial that this is the very middle chapter of because this is not... There is no entrance into this movie if you have not seen at least two other movies beforehand. We get our two other <laughs> unrelated movies, like two not like not. This isn't like I'm seeing Spider-Man three and I needed to see Spider-Man one and two. It would be it's funny like, if they released a movie where you had to seen like both Sleepless in Seattle and Cheaper by the Dozen. For that no is reason. exactly <laughs> that is exactly this movie. It's like if you have not seen. The First Wives Club and Mermaids. You will not understand this movie. <laughs> then I will. You will understand not understand it. beaches. <laughs> no, I'm going, I'm going to say zero. It doesn't count as a movie. Okay, not a movie. first, not first a movie. zero out of ten. How about you, Ryan? Um, I I'm gonna give it higher. I feel like well, it is. <laughs> it's impossible not to. <laughs> when I have to. Well, this is. I did a little ranking before I got here just to see like where the temperature. Oh boy. I I'm looking at your notebook and I'm seeing every don't worry about it MCU <laughs> film written down in the order that they came out in and then also my order this is <laughs> on my favorite MCU movies this is kind of low okay it's number fourteen okay but out of these like twenty nine is not bad there but it's it my third favorite Spider Man movie 
because of everyone... all the Spider-Man movies or of the third of this trilogy. <laughs> um, no, of of all my favorite okay. Spider-Man movie is Spider-Man Two, the second Tobey Maguire movie, which is unbelievable. I've really, not seen that. I've seen Spider. I saw the first Spider-Man. I saw Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man, and that's it. And I don't I, ever want to see Andrew Garfield. The Spider-Man. second well, Spider-Man movie, I would put against things like The Dark Knight or Black it's Panther. It's very good. Oh, my it's Lord. It's very good. Listeners of this podcast and, and Devin Henderson, and I, one thing I do need people to know about is that once upon a time in 2014, I'll say. I know what you're going to say. Ryan said someone had died there. It was an actress. And, and she Emma said, had, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. It was someone else who had dyed their hair blonde and i said haven't they always had blonde hair and he said no but now it's like gwen stacy blonde and i said who's gwen stacy and ryan gasped in such an offensive way it was as if i had asked uh uh, who is obama (laughs) yeah like who is like uh who is like your like if i had asked like my roommate what his name was like it was like such a, a someone you should have known you should have history with yes and i and do not i have taken it from that moment to never learn who well, Wednesday is i don't right, want to and know. we're not going to talk about it know. now ryan uh, who's your favorite spider-man then who do you think plays so, the best peter parker i Real, real quick. I already forgot how I'm supposed to rank. The, I would give this a B, so I would say like a seven plus. Okay, seven out of ten. Wonderful. Um, so I do think that because the next movie in this series is lower on the list than this one. Oh no. Um, I do think that um. Because it's really like who's playing Peter Parker? Because playing yeah. Spider Man is just whatever stunt man or algorithm right. an animator came up with. <laughs> yeah. um, the algorithm. <laughs> but I, I would say we've discussed this before. Andrew Garfield is a movie star. He's so good as Peter Parker, and that's sort of not fair to the way the character's written. He should have played somebody tall. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I feel like Tobey Maguire is great as Peter Parker, but he's not as passable as like the sad, lonely, wimpy teen. Because mm-hmm. Tom Holland really does read to me as a kid. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say, even though I've been pretty critical of this one and also the next one, which I'm not on that episode, luckily, um, I'm going to say Tom Holland is I my favorite say Spider-Man. I do. I want to be very clear that I think Tom Holland did a very good job in this film. He is, he is I do think, the best Spider-Man. And I like, like, I like Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone's chemistry in those movies. Yeah. They really sell it, but... Well, I've never walked out of a movie theater. The only movie I've ever walked out of was The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Because Jamie Foxx is humiliating in that. And it's so... Because he's such a good actor. And it's and he's so talented. And it's so all weird. sorts of things. It's so bad. For him to be that bad is so bad. So for this movie, scale of 1 out of 10. So we have a 0 and we have a 7. We... Um, I, my rank... My feelings about this movie really depend on the last time I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And what that experience was. And as we have pointed pointed out here there are plenty of uh areas for room for improvement um having said that i'm gonna go ahead and give it a 10 out of 10 (laughs) (laughs) i will say also tom holland tom holland's american accent is impeccable i forget that he's not american he's such a good american accent yeah british people always have better accents than us 
they work. He's right on up it. there with uh, um, Shiv from Succession. Yes, Shiv from Succession and House Australian. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot about her. Yeah, yeah. Who's that? You Hugh Laurie. I feel like an I feel like an American accent would be easy if you're British. Well, and Maybe. also the rest of the cast is American, so that yeah. probably helps. That does help. Yeah. Um, so, and a couple other questions we have. One, what do you think? Okay, so we're going to pull up Rotten Tomatoes. I have it here in front of me. I want to know okay. from each of you on a scale of 1 to 100 what you think the critic score for this movie was and then what you think the audience score for this movie was. I think oh. I think I know this. I'm sure, so I'm Ryan, I'm sure that Ryan knows this. I'm going to – I have no – earthly idea i'm going to guess that a critic score i'm going to say is like 35 and an audience score (laughs) is like 65 okay ryan so uh mcu fans when the lead is a white man i i'm saying it's 100 percent, and this got really good reviews and i think that it's like 90 this got good reviews. It got wait to hold on to your butts. Gentlemen. What did people like about this? They movie? liked oh, the I'll John read Hughes of it all. <laughs> there Critics, was no John Hughes to speak of. Critics gave this film a ninety-two percent. Fuck um, And no, they did not. Audiences gave this film an eighty-seven. Oh. The audience, I the audience, I get because if you're an audience who's seen this it's, film, they're counting on you have seen at least, like I've said, at least two other films. Other films, not sequentially related. Well, that's the thing is, every two critic, other films, every critic is going to have seen every single one of these installments. The and, MCU is kind of like a, even though the the movies are kind of generic, I love the MCU. Yeah. I could put it on at all times. I go into these movies liking them before I even seen them. But even I can recognize that these are pretty generic, like formulaic, guess, safe there's movies. Nothing, there's not much visually that distinguishes them. They're all directed in the same way. Yeah, they're um, all yeah. most of them. And that's why I thought. So I will tell. So I, I mean, this is not a great place to end this podcast. <laughs> but I, until we began watching this film, I thought the feature film we were about to watch for the podcast Disney adult was Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which no, is not movie, what we were watching. And I was and really excited for that. We should one. watch it. I was you like, should watch that one. this is going to be, I don't love like a superhero movie, but I've heard really good things about this one. And I it's am really something it's because great. I probably wouldn't watch it on my own. And then to get this, I, it, it <laughs> did. It was harder for me at that time. <laughs> to accept Tom Holland into my living room as a Spider-Man. Spider-Man boy child. A a Mm Spider-Man. Also, we should say that we watched this on DVD. We did watch this on DVD because Ryan owned it. (laughs) I own them all. I own them all on Blu-ray. And then I was thinking about getting a 4K TV like two weeks. I mean, we are going to get one, but I was just thinking like, should I just go and get one right now? And then I thought, should I buy all these movies over again? (laughs) So Um, trash. All right. And then last. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say I the, when we put it in and I saw on the because we watched it on a Blu-ray player as you do with a Blu-ray disc and on the outside <laughs> of our Blu-ray player it says like the time like an old school VCR style it says the time that you are at slash time remaining. Yeah. I saw zero 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 slash two hours 19 minutes. 
and I Hell yeah, baby. was ready to. I was, I was. <laughs> With a lot of power comes a lot of time. A lot of time. <laughs> a lot of time. Um, a few more questions, then I'll ask final thoughts. These ones, I mean, brace yourself. Uh, if you could replace anybody in this movie with Rosie O'Donnell and another person with Danny DeVito, okay, who would you replace? Okay, <laughs> I'll go first while you think. I would replace, of course, Aunt May becomes Rosie immediately. False. Rosie can do a. I'm sure she can do a bang in New York accent. She's so well, yeah. fun. Well, yeah. I bet her and Happy would have great chemistry. And then I replace Danny DeVito with the vulture. I love that. Right? He'd look like he would be fun. That would be fun. I am going to keep all of those people. So I certainly want Michael Douglas or Michael Keaton Douglas. Michael Keaton's real (laughs) name is Michael Douglas. Um, (laughs) I would like for Michael Keaton still to be in this film. I would like, I would never will ever remove Marissa Tomei from any feature as long as I live. I will only add her to more. I would put Rosie O'Donnell um, I Oh, I have it. I, I want Marissa Tomei to interact with Rosie O'Donnell in this film yeah. many times. And it would be really great if there is a way to have that happen where Rosie O'Donnell isn't Peter Parker. Although, listen... Make her Peter Parker. I would watch that. If there was like a dramatic reading where Rosie O'Donnell is playing Peter Parker, I'm in. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm putting Marissa, I'm going to, I'm keeping Marissa Tomei. I'm putting Rosie O'Donnell in as, I'm putting, I am putting Danny DeVito in, in place of Robert Downey Jr. And I'm putting Rosie O'Donnell as happy. I love that. I love that too. I That's love that. I, final answer. I also, what's yours, right? You're, I, you're grinning. I love Danny DeVito so much. Special little secret. I, I also would Danny not Vito. take Marissa Tomei out of anything. I want her in all movies. Um, I would make Rosie O'Donnell the voice of Karen inside the suit. <laughs> oh, that's it. That is absolutely it. <laughs> yes, that's it. Oh. And then... I mean, it would be too easy to make Danny DeVito part of like the crew of villains, even though he'd be great as any of those. The guy who's like sort of the inventor, the, I think he's the tinkerer is his, yeah. is his name. That would be too easy. I almost feel like I want him to be in the um, Martin. Is it Martin Starr is the school chaperone? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Danny yeah. DeVito chaperoning DeVito just a school the, bus full of kids. Yeah, that would be great. DC. I would say have Danny DeVito in the elevator of the Washington. Yeah, that would be amazing. (laughs) That's perfect. I would have that, and and I'm gonna retroactively uh, put Rosie O'Donnell as Ned. (laughs) Unexplained. Yeah, she's wearing like a wig on top of her her hair tucked into a wig. Rosie O'Donnell is playing Peter Parker's high school best friend. (laughs) And uh, when when Ned uses the web shooter at the end, it's her with one of those koosh shooters absolutely (laughs) Uh, then uh final question before uh, well let's go with this who in this and this can be genderless so it doesn't need to be appropriately gendered who in this movie has hot dad energy once Mm. again i will start and i am so i'm sorry america i know i'm wrong i know i'm the problem why am i so into robert downey jr 
as Iron Man. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what I've been doing. I don't know if it's because... I think it's pretty common. I think that there's I, a lot of people like who it. are into that. Yeah. I think Doesn't it's, it feel like a Midwest mom crush? It, it does. And my Midwestern mom really does like Robert Downey Jr. See? quite a bit. I, um, I, I think it might. I mean, I, I don't necessarily share that. But I what, were I to, like, put on an intellectual approach to that, I would think it's because he's so, like, confident. Like, there is, like... A non He's a real know it all. Yeah. There's just like I a guess. effortless uh knowledge base that just like I don't know. I don't know. Who cares? I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be with me till the day I die. How about you guys? Who has hot dad energy in this? I mean, I think the obvious answer is Michael Keaton is playing a hot dad. I, I would say I would say, however, that the hotness of Michael Keaton pales in com- the his light is but a flickering candle next to the fluorescent bulb of Garcelle Bobo. So I'm going to say, she could have. actually, you know, uh, you know what? I'm going to say that I, if I'm going that way, I have to say Tomei. Like her in that like high scene, she's like the coolest person in that restaurant, and Everybody's she's playing someone her. named Aunt May. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to say it's I'm going to say Tomei. Give me that Tomei. Yeah, um, I I do want to make a case for Michael Keaton a little bit because I think it must have been around Birdman. Michael Keaton on a red carpet. I mean, you can look at flawless, A plus every time. Yeah. He has he is very like tailored and like mm-hmm. super duper fit. Like Michael Keaton is almost seventy, and he yeah. is like Looks really great. keeping it like right. But Marissa Tomei in those wireframe glasses, yeah. just like, yeah, groovy, like Aunt May. Yeah, like a Gloria Steinem Aunt she, May. She looks she's, amazing. She's yeah. definitely the hottest, like, parent figure in the movie, I think. So, yeah, I think I do understand any other answer, but mine is Marissa All right. Tomei. right, two for Aunt May. Do we think that Birdman helped Michael Keaton get this? From flying around in those wings? I think he had a career resurgence after Birdman that has helped him get everything he's gotten since then. But I don't think because Is he the vulture wore... in the comics? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the in the comics, he's much more visibly old and bird like. <laughs> I would yeah, I will say he's bald they, and he has like a hook nose. They really adapted this villain better than I ever when I remember reading that it was gonna be the vulture, I was like, in that green suit with that fur that collar. No, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. wait, hold on. So you read that this was going to be the vulture before seeing the movie. Yeah, of course. So so people who are seeing this in the intellectual way and not as a movie, which again it is not a movie, but as a exercise, yeah. Are you so you came into this prepared to see a vulture. So when yeah. you see Michael Keaton, like, trapezing around in trash and things, you're like, he's the vulture. Yeah. So that's, so what I'm asking for would be ridiculous. What I'm asking for in terms of, like, naming characters and giving backstory well, and things would be in stupid. A, in a more, like... That's a stupid thing to ask. No, uh, I don't think so. In a more comic book-facing, forward, like, audience-friendly way, which is, like, Guardians of the Galaxy does this, they would... I'll just name themselves and say who they are. And he would have his team of villains and he would be like, you're this, you're that, you're yeah. that. Cause they all also have like villain names yeah. that aren't said in the movie. Yeah. But you, to your point, and this is a big criticism I have with the MCU as a whole 
is like it naming the person you're gonna look at for two hours is like the easiest thing to do it yeah. should be it just, like it just I seems like e kind of basic screenwriting to yeah me, if but, i uh, feel bad in an improv scene for not naming my partner right in right. that three minute scene we can kind of know someone's name they get away with it by being like boss yeah, yeah. I would, boss I would the like, weapon's a gun because i i think one thing that would help me feel like this is a movie that they want me to watch and understand that like i'm able to to understand yeah without Ugh. like doing 10 years worth of homework in the realm of paying a bunch of money to see other yeah. feature films released would be to just simply tell me the name of the main character i would yeah. like that and on that note there's one final thing i want to say it is so funny to me that one of the major and brian i don't know if you feel this way one of the major criticisms people have when they don't want to start reading comics is that they don't know where to start yeah because it's so overwhelming and there's decades of material that the mcu has found all the success and for most of us or for people who like the mcu you just keep up with it because you love it so much but to chris's point it's like at this point even the movies people don't know where, where to, am start. I to start i don't know where to start <laughs> it is yeah. wild yeah oh all right well thank you um, both oh go ahead ryan i'm sorry i, uh, I tried to cut you off very dumb it's just one thing that we didn't touch on that i think is fun about this is this is the movie that gwyneth paltrow forgot she was in i also forgot gwyneth paltrow was I, she did like she also, did like a cooking segment with john favreau on goop and yeah. he was like oh the last time i saw you was spider-man and she was like where and <laughs> when we filmed spider-man and she's like i'm i'm not did, in a movie with spider-man did she film spider-man or did she just film another scene for one of the other movies that she's in and they I, just stuck it into the middle of this i like, think how? they had her do multiple things because while they it, had her and it, she didn't know what it was for it yeah. really felt to to me like we were in progress on another iron man movie and we just like filmed some scenes while that we is had them like so we just funny needed some time filled and so we just we have some Iron Man things that could yeah. like it, it, we could use to drive the plot along. It's so funny because we, before this movie, had not seen her in so long. She wasn't yeah. in like the last three movies Iron Man was in because he was in Avengers yeah. and he was in uh, Captain America, so and then he was in this. And it's like not until the very very end do you see her. Yeah, I'd forget she, I was in that too. What is she? Is she like a girlfriend? She's, She's Iron Man, his wife. Yeah girlfriend wife she runs she what runs essentially she runs his what essentially is doing a lot in that. well she get they get married later oh, okay yeah but they're together for wife. all of that yeah okay i don't know if they ever get married i know they're together for the longest time and then a lot of stuff happens in an end game and and then they come back together and they do have a child at one point but it's never you just assume they get married but also when you think about the relationship you're like i don't know if either of them would do that yeah, who cares? Thank you both so much for rewatching this. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> first of all, Chris. I hope you watch every single one of these. I will I never, but I really appreciate <laughs> you having me on this podcast <laughs> and providing a little a little boat window into a deep ocean that I do not care to inhabit. Well, I do. I will say, and this will be the last suggestion I give. I do think with the proper like explanation. You would really like WandaVision. Okay. 
I, I have but that's I a, have heard this. That's an even bigger commitment than this, so I'm not gonna put you on the train myself. Is it uh, though? Eh, it's about three times as long. Right, but it's it's television, which is entirely different. I will watch Ryan knows that I do not want to watch any any movie longer than eighty eight minutes of Titanic. I will watch four to twelve hours of a television show called Hoarders in a row. Oh God, it makes me so uncomfortable. We gotta go. I could talk to you guys forever. Let me. <laughs> All right. Goodbye.